Call us now. 010-001-0861. Here we are at this moment. Uh, the Women's Rugby World Cup yeah, taking place in New Zealand. Unfortunately, it wasn't a win for SA this past weekend v Fiji. South Africa needed to win by bonus points, give themselves a chance to go into the next round. And at some point, the bonus point idea was gone. That was dead and buried. But we were hoping at least a win, which I believe would have been their first win at a Rugby World Cup. And that unfortunately wasn't meant to be. On the phone line with us, we have Renier Van Zauner to walk us through uh, the Rugby World Cup, but also uh, Paul Dalport's retirement, or rather his resignation. Uh, Paul, uh, Renier, sorry, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, but you will. I'm fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us, Renier. Appreciate yeah. your time as usual. So, uh, let's start with the Paul Dalport news. I think it's significant in terms of conversations we're going to have about uh, the Women's 15s Rugby World Cup. Uh, Paul Dalport has slammed SA Rugby for failing to invest in its women's program. He went on to say he had been forced to lie to his players about South African rugby investing in women's rugby. And uh, the former Blitzbok uh, resigned. This is from, of course, his seven duties. This after the World Cup, although the official announcement was only made by SA Rugby last week. Now, uh, tell us more, Rania. I'm, I'm sure you're very close to the story. When the coach for the Springbok women's seven side resigns due to lack of investment, that's, that's really worrying, that's isn't crazy. it? That's crazy. Yeah. Look, it's, it, I think it's one of those things that you've got to take with a pinch of salt as well. I mean, there's a lot being said about the fact that Paul Delport was bitter about the fact that he didn't get the Blitzbox job and whatever the case would be. So there's, there's so many storylines around this thing. But the fact of the matter is, I'm saying there's not investment from SAAC. You have to, at some point, look at it and go, I do understand what you're saying. You do have a point. I think I think Paul was involved in a in an important time for women's sevens rugby, especially in, in South Africa. And, and he has a point in, in the fact that he says, look, the fact that women's rugby in South Africa is unprofessional, uh, is not a professional sport at the minute, the fact that I think there's only 16 women uh, contracted to play both codes. He has a very valid point in the fact that he says there's not a lot of investment from, from SA rugby. And I think that is something that at some point they're going to have to look at from SA rugby's point of view. But then again, you also got to look at where we were versus where we are. Are we at a, at a position where, and I, I'll never tell a, a player or a coach, oh, you should have just hold, held on for another year, and I think you would have had a different opinion, because I think that's what he's being told by SRRB. Uh, but the reality of the matter is there's a lot of groundswell at the moment in women's rugby in South Africa. So, uh, for example, uh, FNB joining two months ago as, as the first commercial sponsor for women's rugby in, in South Africa. A month ago, they appointed they appointed their first female head of rugby uh, to look after women's rugby. So they are moving as far as trying SA rugby. This is now they're trying to get more uh, more support, more investment into women's rugby. Should they be doing more? Yes. Is there enough investment at grassroots level for girls interested in the game? No, there is not. They should be working on those things. I mean, it's second nature for a South African boy to pick up a rugby ball. Uh, you have one lying around the house. You see it everywhere in the country, irrespective of neighborhood, irrespective of, of, of where you stay in the country. Rugby is a big thing. Uh, and I think for the first time a couple of years ago, rugby became this really inclusive thing where now we're seeing players of all colors, of all creeds, representing the country. I think women's rugby need that. And I think what Paul is, is talking about is the fact that you can't just put 23 girls on a field and go, go play rugby. It's not how it works. It's not sustainable. What it should be is this proper grassroots development. We're teaching skills to young girls so that when they get to a level where they are 
professional or semi-professional, at least they can be supported. So I think what he's saying is that maybe to some extent, if they're actually being guilty of talking the talk, and, and there has been over the past year or so, there's been a lot of uh, investment worldwide into female sports and, 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 and kind of narrowing the gap between men and women when you look at what the U.S. national women's soccer team is doing, et cetera, et cetera. So I do think that there should be, he has a point in the fact that there should be more investment. I think that investment should come in the form of, of, of grassroots rugby and, and, and helping women get into the game uh, rather than, I think, necessarily contracting senior players. But any time you lose a guy like, like Paul to the system. Anytime it's a, I mean, he's, he was involved, he's instrumental in what is now the blitz box. He was the first player to kind of bridge between codes and go, I want to be a seventh player. Before the Sinatlas of the world, before the Frankie Horns, it was Paul Delport. So, I mean, losing him in this way, very sad. Um, and I think it's, it's one of those things that irrespective of, of where exactly the truth lies, because I do think that somewhere in the middle of both of those stories, there's a, there's a middle ground, but it is it, it is very very important that we do hold the body like they said be responsible for the growth of women's rugby. They are responsible for men's rugby, and they should be held at the same uh, at the same level to uh, to women's rugby. Mm. It's very interesting points that you've raised there, right? You say that um, more investment needs to happen, but investment in the term of um, developing the sport from grassroots. Mm. And then you talk about how Paul was such an instrumental force. Now, this is where my question comes in. So if someone like him who is able to leave because there's not enough investment into women's rugby in the country, right? That's number one. That already tells you that this is someone who has a deep and dying love for the sport and he wants to see it grow, especially on the female side. What, in, what impact will it leave? Because the more we have people who really care about things or such issues step away from the matter, are we not taking steps backwards? Do you think this will now prompt Saru to, to somewhat check themselves as well as SA Rugby? Look, this is, and this is where the complexity comes in for me. Is I think... But Paul has a very valid point. I think he makes a very important point. But the the interest in women's rugby, and I think the growing investment in women's rugby will whitewash uh, Paul out of the system. So for me, the issue is, if I mean, he's, yeah, it is, it's valid what he says, and there should be investment, and, and, and all of that is true. But we're also at a place where there's so much movement and so much pace that I do think him leaving now seems like a big thing. I think, however, in the greater scheme of things, it's not going to be such a massive thing because it is going to be there's so much movement, there's so many new players coming in, there's so many new administrators coming in, there's so much movement around women's rugby that we need to find, and this is, this is something that, that I'm very passionate about, about I think that the sport has to find their own icons and their own leaders. It's not, you can't necessarily say, look, I was very successful with the Blitzbox and now I'm going to be very successful with women's rugby. That's not necessarily how it works. So I think this is somewhere in this mess, there's a lot of opportunity for us to say, okay, cool, we understand this. Now we're going to go forward with individuals that see the system for what it is, individuals that are interested in working in the long haul. Um, there's no personal issues in, in relationships with SLFP. It's an individual that is interested in growing women's rugby or growing women's seven. So, yes, he makes a valid point as he leaves. I don't think it's going to have this big, unsettling 
uh, kind of reaction that people think it might have. I think we're, we're, we're fine as far as there's a lot of opportunity for new people to come in and, uh, and, and kind of mold the sport in South Africa the way they want it. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And I, and I think we just have to be patient, yeah, in a sport that, as you've said, is growing, yeah, and, and also take stock of the realities of where we are with women's rugby in South Africa at the moment mm-hmm. and around the world, really. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about the Rugby World Cup heartbreak for the Springbok women. Uh, it was Fiji at the death, yeah. We thought first win uh, at a World Cup for, for Team SA ultimately wasn't meant to be at least this past Sunday. Um, your thoughts on that performance? I saw a team that was defensively solid that you can't fault them at all in commitments and endeavour. I think maybe on transition could have been a little bit faster. But uh, overall, I think much improved performance uh, from the Springbok side. What, what was your assessment of the game? Yeah, look, I think that's the only thing that you've got to ask at the moment of, of these ladies is we need a much improved performance. And we go every week out, week in, week out. And, and you ask for something better and you ask for something to work better. We played 79 minutes of very good rugby. And unfortunately, as it happens uh, every now and again, we're going to get put at the buzzer. And, and, and that hurts. It's not nice. But to uh, to win a World Cup, you have to you have to lose a couple of games. I mean, to to grow the sport, you have to lose a couple of games. You have to go through the pain of of a last minute loss to make sure that it doesn't happen again. And this is how we move forward, and this is how we learn. Um, but I, I think that the, the the woman played played exceptionally well. I think Libby having the the confidence and the team having the confidence in her to go for a penalty. Uh, to, to try and get themselves into a position to win the game. Fantastic, and, and she rose to the occasion, and that's all you can ask from your players. Having a look at at, at, uh, at Hela at eight, like the way she carries the ball, is, 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 it's, it's with passion, it's with power, and they're moving the ball forward, and that's what you want to see, and that's all you can ask of, of, of the woman at the minute is go out, express yourself, have fun, see if you can get yourself in the right position, which we did, and unfortunately... And, the, and this is just how it happens every now and again. You're going to lose focus, and believe me, it hurts. It stings. Uh, it's not going to be a fun, or well, they didn't have a fun weekend. They haven't had a good 48 hours because that was an opportunity for them to at least ask a couple of questions of England next weekend. Um, and now I think the, the writing's pretty much on the wall as far as that is concerned. So, I mean, yes, it is going to hurt, but the opportunity for me is just in the fact that I think there's a lot of young girls looking at this thinking, oh, I've always wanted to represent my country, or maybe I would want to represent my country in rugby. And that's all it is. I mean, we grew up watching uh, the French Rapinoes, the Chester Williams, the Brian Banners, the whatever of the world, and we saw, oh, I'd love to represent the country. I'd love to go through that. I'd love to be at a World Cup. And there's a lot of women seeing this for the first time going, that is actually pretty cool. Young girls interested in rugby, seeing the World Cup, seeing the fact that it's this wonderful event. And I mean, if I, if, I was, if I was fortunate enough to have daughters at this stage, I'd love to get them into rugby because the opportunity is just so massive. Um, and I think it's just such a wonderful opportunity. Take nothing away from it. Good win for Fiji. They needed it. They got it. It's all good. But uh, yeah, it, it, it does hurt. Leaving it for buzzers is never going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Indeed. Like it's, it's an early exit, right? We're just warming up, just literally getting used to, to the conditions that side. But um, you spoke about it being something that will inspire the next generation, inspire um, women who want to get into the sport. But also, what other positives do we see that, we will, that were displayed on the field of play that, that the team can take the, um, with them and build onto it when we go into our next, our next games or also just, just improving the squad It's an entirety? I think there's a lot of there's a lot to be said for 
beating this imposter syndrome thing with, with women shakti. And, I, and I, I mean, you guys would know going into media, there's this, almost the first time you start your first commercial job or whatever the case may be, there's this feeling of being a little bit of an imposter. And I think what they saw against Fiji is that we can actually mix it up with, with some of the more seasoned teams in the, in the World Cup. We can actually be on the same field and, and stand our ground. That's why, so, similar to what like I said, like, I, I mean, defensively, we were strong. We did well defensively. When we got the opportunities to score, we took them. Um, a positive would be someone like Stanley Obenheimer being involved from a coaching perspective. There's a lot of trust growing in him from the players, and he, in turn, is trusting the players to deliver on the field. Uh, any coach, or I would have thought that he's going to go for the corner and that last couple of minutes, and we're going to try and score a try to, to, to win the game. For her to have the confidence to go for the kick means there's not a lot of fear in the way you play. Because she misses that kick, the game's over anyway. So, I mean, I think we're starting to become very fearless, which is wonderful and it's good to see. I think defensively we're very strong, uh, which is a, a, a hallmark of South African rugby. We're quite happy to play without the ball. We're going to tackle. Um, and it's the opportunity that we that we get with ball in hand. We need to be a little bit more clinical. If you're going to have players like, like Nadine Lewis or, or Mabenga in the game, then give them ball. Let them see what they can do. Give them ball in space and, and let, the, let the quick glasses finish it off. So, I mean, I'm, I, for one, I'm interested to see what happens against England because make no mistake, we are at underdog and underdog can get. But, uh, look, you never know. I mean, it's the same game, same field, same rules. So maybe one or two early tries against England and, and, and we could shock them. But, uh, but yeah, look, I'm, I'm really positive about women's rugby in general. The results didn't go our way. It would have been so good if we could come back with a win. Uh, might not be the case, but all in all, I think it's a big win for women's rugby. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. And I think there's so many positives to take away from the game. Some some stellar standout performances as well. I'm hoping for a couple of our ladies, it will be big moves abroad, potentially, uh, off the mm. back of what we what they've done, at least in these past two games, particularly Hele, who had a tremendous game in that number eight position. Um, mm. Just correct me if I'm wrong, um, Renier. I heard them say this was Fiji's second World Cup. Am I, am I mistaken? Did I hear wrong? Yes, yes. I'm yeah, correct. Yeah. All right. So if that if that if that is the case, are we are we, I mean in the assessment of the Springbok women's side performance yesterday, are we being a little bit kind? Because unlike when they play England or Australia, you know, one of the teams who have a much richer history in terms of their women's fifteen sides, here they were playing a team which is maybe on par, if not a team which maybe doesn't even match up to to the investment that SA has made in women's rugby so far. In assessment then we're comparing apples with apples now, which which we don't often, which we can't often do when we talk about the the women's fifteen side. So, can we look at this game and, and be a little bit more critical in terms of how they played versus, you know, all positive, all good vibes in terms of our assessment? Look, you got to you got to be real at some point as well, and and, and this is where you got to separate the conversation around women exactly and the conversation around the fifteen girls on the field. Uh, I think if you want to be critical, be my guest. There's a lot. There's a lot to be critical about, and that's the kind of thing that, that from a coaching perspective, guys like Stanley Obanama would have to figure out. I mean, the reality of the matter is, we we got into the lead, we got into a position to win the game, which is all you can ask of your player. And then at the very last minute, all it is is guys with some who scored points, just similar to to. I mean, that's it's a basic of rugby. Receive the kickoff, hold the ball, get it out, and and, and play rugby in the last part of the field. And the reality of the matter is we couldn't secure the pickoff. But again, it's about seeing the forest for the trees here. Cool, you can be critical, but I mean, you've got to be critical about players losing the ball and men's rugby as well, or, or whatever the case may be. And I, and I think 
to some extent, it is good that we are getting to the point where we want to be critical. We're not being critical about what the system. We're not being critical about what's going on. All we're being critical about is the basic skills. Ah, oh, would have been so good if our tackle stuck and not slipped. It would have been so good if we could have that handle that kick open and we can go back to normal. But then again, like I'm saying, it stings the girls way more than it does us this morning. They had an opportunity to create history first World Cup win, and they let it slip through their fingers. I'm not going to be uh, the, the guy that says, look, oh, this is the problem and that's the problem. The reality of the matter is you've got to lose a couple of games to uh, to get into the habit of winning, and and we've got, to, we've got to see the system for what it is. I'm just happy that they went out, that they gave a proper account of themselves, they played to their ability, and uh, it was very, very, very close. Are they going to have the same leniency from media and from supporters next time we do, we do this? I don't think so. If we're going to play against England and we're in a, in a position where we're in the lead with one minute to go and we let it slip again, are people going to be as lenient? I don't think so. But uh, for me, the issue is just you've got to put yourself in a position to win the game. When you're there, you've got to win it. Um, and, and you learn. It's, it, it's, it's, I hate, hate the idea of people saying you learn from a loss. But where is Iraq is with women's rugby, we kind of learn a lot from, from this loss. And, and you've got to... You got to see the forest for the trees every now and again, and say, "Look, if you want to be critical, sure, there's uh, mistakes were made, but it's a rugby match, and players are going to knock a ball, and players are going to miss kicks. I mean, it's it's part of the game. Yeah. No, no rugby player is kicking at 100, percent and there's no professional rugby player that hasn't dropped the ball. So, I mean, if you want to be critical, be my guest. But it's one of those things where, uh, I mean, it's it's rugby. There's that it's, it's sport. There there are going to be mistakes made. Absolutely correct, Renier. All right, if your coach is Stanley Rubenheimer, you go into that game. The England, potentially the last game at the World Cup. Do you, do you ring the changes? Do you go full strength? What, what do you think will happen this coming Sunday? Tough one. Um, I think there's a lot of lot of women in the team that would love to run at the World Cup, and I think that's why they're there. So, I mean, if I were them, I'd uh, I'd let them play. I'd I'd give players the opportunity that must have or to this stage would have been squad players, players that uh, were there to to largely carry bags at this stage. It's a it's a solid strategy from Stan to go, look, we're going to start our, start, our, our strongest 15 to see if we can get into the quarterfinals. It's unfortunate that now the almost dead rubber game is against what is arguably the favorite of the tournament. So, I mean, I would I would love to see every player in that squad uh, come back from the World Cup having put boots on and, and, and set up for the country. That's, that's the thing that I would like to see. So if it was me, I'd let them play. I'd, I'd ring the changes and, and, and just kind of have a ball as, as we leave New Zealand. But, you know, it's, it's professional sports and it's also it's, uh, careers on the line. So maybe Stan decides that we're going to double down on the squad we've got and uh, we're going to see if we can upset the favourites. Yeah, now let's see. It's, it's certainly going to be an interesting one to see this coming Sunday. Lots of decisions to be made. Thank you so much, Renier, for coming on. I was asking producer Aaron uh, while you were on, if, if at all there is an opportunity for the Springboks, if it's a big win, can they still go through 400 nil, something side effect? He said absolutely no chance. So I guess uh, we'll see this weekend, um, uh, see how things go. But they are looking for a big result even still. Thanks. Appreciate your time. Have a good one. All right, cheerio. That's Renier Van Zauner there on the phone line with us. All things to do with the Springbok women's side. Unfortunately for them, couldn't, couldn't come over the line, V Fiji. Close, but yet so far. Catch Sports Daily every Monday to Friday, 6 to 9 a.m.